I'd like to read Romans 1, 16 and 17. Paul writes that I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Today we're going to be talking about evangelism in this series that we're beginning called Just Walk Across the Room. And there's a couple of things I'd like to say at the start uh, as we begin this. Uh, first of all, I know that anytime you talk about evangelism, for some people it can raise sort of some fears or concerns about this, like, well, that, that's not my gift, or, you know, that's for somebody else to do, or I just, I don't want to... Um, you know, appear to offend somebody or I'm concerned about how it may come across. And so people have concerns about evangelism at times because of ways that either they were trained or not trained in how to do it or because of impressions that they've had about people uh, and evangelism. And I also want to say up front that um, when we talk about the gospel, just like this sketch was portraying today, that the gospel is the pearl of greatest price. And the gospel doesn't change regardless of what we may be talking about in terms of evangelism. Uh, Today we're going to look at this four-week series and we're going to be using uh, material from a book that was written by Bill Hybels called Just Walk Across the Room. And in it, you know, as I've been reading through this book and I've looked at it, I have been really encouraged by it because I think it is so doable and so practical. Uh, It presents things in a very clear and understandable way for us, and I think it's going to be a really wonderful series for our church as we talk about reaching out to friends and neighbors and people that we work with so that we might be a positive witness for Christ in those relationships. We are committed to the gospel. We believe that there is salvation in no one else, that Jesus is unique. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And that doesn't change. Today we live in a world where there are people that are trying to water down the gospel or to say it really doesn't matter what you believe. Uh, That kind of in a sense all religions lead to God. Or that, uh, you know, if you practice your faith in, you know, multiple different ways or with different religions, that that's okay. But Jesus claimed to be unique when he came as God's Son, our Savior. And he's the only one that ever dealt with the problem of man's sin, which is the barrier between us and God. And so when we share the gospel with others, it needs to include those points that God loves us, that he sent his Son to die for us on the cross, and that it's only through faith in him that we can be saved. The gospel never changes, but how we present the gospel does change. And that's because the people we are talking to all start at different points. And some people uh, are antagonistic toward the gospel. Some people are indifferent. Some have no knowledge of God from their past, and others have grown up in a church, but perhaps have never come to the point where they've made a commitment to Christ. So the starting point is different for each individual. And when it comes to talking to them, we will begin at a different point in our relationship. So what if evangelism could be as simple as just walking across a room? How can that be and what would that be like? 
we would all do just the small things that we can do, we would impact a lot more lives for Jesus Christ. I really believe that. And when I think about the potential in our church in terms of the people that we know and the circles of influence that we are in, if we would all do just the small things that we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks, we would impact a lot of people for Jesus Christ. In the book that Bill Hybels wrote, he shares a story about meeting with an African-American who was a Muslim. He was in a, a luncheon down in the Deep South, and he was at a, sitting at a table for lunch with a lot of people that he didn't know. They went around the table, and they each introduced themselves, and when this African-American introduced himself, it was very clear that he had a Muslim name. And so they are uh, sitting down and they're eating, you know, and they're kind of chatting. And as the meal goes along, this African-American makes eye contact with Bill and he mouths the words to him, I love your books. Well, Bill's kind of like, you know, he's looking around to see if there's somebody behind him or what's this about? You know, he goes, me? And, And the guy goes, yeah, we'll talk afterwards. And so after lunch, they got together And this man began to share his story. He had grown up as a Muslim. And he would come to business meetings like this at different times. And he sometimes felt like because of his faith and practices that he was really isolated. There was this one business meeting where he was standing alone and just, you know, having something to drink and eat. And there were other people talking in small groups around the room. And then there was this man who was in one of these groups who noticed him standing there alone and he excused himself from his circle of friends and he went over to introduce himself and he said hi my name is and he asked for his name and they began to talk and they talked about business and they talked about family and then things turned to the subject of faith and this African American man said you know I'm a Muslim and The other man said, you know, I'm a Christ follower, but I know almost nothing about Islam. Would you be willing sometime to meet and just kind of give me a Cliff Notes version of what you believe and how you came to be a Muslim? And he said, I'd be happy to do that. And so they arranged for a breakfast meeting and they began to talk and then another meeting and another meeting and another meeting. And after several times where this African-American said, this man listened to me, he wasn't critical, he wasn't judgmental, it wasn't an attack or anything at all, he just wanted to know more about me and what I believed. And I finally said to him, you know, you've been so good to listen to me, why don't you tell me about your faith and what you believe? To make a long story short, after many months, this Muslim man committed his life to Jesus Christ. He came to believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be the unique Son of God, and it changed his life and his family. He's involved in a church, and it was through that church that he had started to read some of Bill Hybels' books and became acquainted with him. It all happened because one man was willing to take a short walk across the room. You see, the single greatest gift that Christ followers can give to the people around them is an introduction to the God who created them, who loves them, and who has a purpose for their life. That's what evangelism really is. It's looking for opportunities or ways that we can give that gift to people who don't know Christ, the people who are living apart from Him, people that are trying to find a meaning and purpose in their life. And evangelism is simply 
pointing them to Jesus Christ and to the hope that He gives. Well, what will it take for us to give this single greatest gift to someone that we know? Well, there are three things I want to share with you this morning. Number one, we need to be willing to leave our circle of comfort to enter the zone of the unknown. All of us have a circle of comfort. It's the friends that we know and feel comfortable being with. The longer we've been a Christian, the more that circle of friends is probably just Christians. And that's very natural because we share a common faith, we enjoy being together, we have the same values. It's true for those of us that are adults, and it's also true for students or kids who often just want to be together with other Christian kids. And that's a good thing, but it also can be a barrier to evangelism if we aren't willing to step outside of that circle of comfort to reach out to others. I mean, think about the disciples, for example. I'm sure the disciples loved spending time with Jesus and with one another. They had great discussions, you know. They enjoyed doing things together. There was some good-natured kidding that was going on in their group as they knew each other and their strengths and their weaknesses. But if they were going to be effective in ministry and bringing the gospel to the world, they would need to leave their circle of comfort to reach out to other people that were not like them. We need to do the same. But entering this zone of the unknown, as Bill Hybels calls it, is risky. Yet it's in the zone of the unknown where God often does His best work and where we see Him do some incredible things. That's what happened when the Christian in this story I told you reached out to this African-American man. He was willing to take a risk to step out in faith and talk to this individual. And what do you think happened when he took that first step in the heavenly places. I think in the spiritual realm, when he took that first step, the angels rejoiced and the demons shuddered. Because here is a man taking a risk to reach out to someone else that might change his eternal destiny. What would happen if we were willing to take a few steps across the room? What if our decision would actually impact someone's eternal destiny? Would it be worth it? definitely it would. If our simply walking across a room to establish a friendship or make a connection could change someone's eternal destiny, it would definitely be worth it. In fact, the day Jesus' followers stopped taking walks across the room, it's really over for the church and the kingdom of God. Now, I know that God can work in spite of us, and He often does. But his plan is to use people just like us to be his witnesses in the world, to share the truth about Jesus Christ and his love and his grace so that others might come to know him too. He wants to use us to introduce others to Christ wherever we are. Or I could state it like this. The Holy Spirit wants to turn every believer regardless of our personality or gift mix, into a walk-across-the-room kind of person. He's asking you to walk, and He's asking me to walk. In our schools, in our businesses, in our neighborhoods, at the gym, at the social settings we are in, wherever it might be, He wants us to reach out to those who do not know Christ. 
Well, secondly, if we're going to be fruitful in this effort, we need to listen for the Spirit's promptings. We need the Holy Spirit's power and wisdom as we go. If we try to do this in our own power and strength, we can mess things up. In fact, it's possible to walk across the room and actually make things worse. (laughs) You know, if we as a believer go to someone else and we come across as arrogant or superior, if our tone is condescending, if we are critical or judgmental of others and that comes across in the way that we talk, it's going to close doors. It's not going to open doors for the gospel. We need to be loving and gracious in the way that we speak. We need to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us in saving us and bringing us into a relationship with His Son. And I cringe sometimes when I see uh, those that are portrayed as Christians in the media doing things that are just so offensive or appalling in the way that they approach other people. In order for us to be effective in the zone of the unknown, we must be led by the Spirit. And we've got to trust Him to guide us in the relationships that we have established. This afternoon, uh, Gail and I are hosting a neighborhood gathering at our home. It's not because of the series. It's just kind of interesting how it worked out this way. We were going to do it in August, but uh, there was a weekend when some of the people in our neighborhood couldn't be there, so we moved it into September. And today we're going to have people in our neighborhood over to our house just to meet some new neighbors. We've had some changes in the neighborhood, and we want them to have a chance to meet others. And we've done these things before, both at our place and at other places, where we've had block parties or social gatherings. And you never really know how God may use that. But over time, as we've established relationships with people, it's been really neat to see how God can use that to open doors in people's lives for ministry. I think of uh, some neighbors who live just across the street from us, where when we moved into that neighborhood about 14 years ago now, uh, we met them, and they at that time did not have any children, and they wanted to start a family. And they went through some difficulties early on with miscarriages and just were wondering, you know, if it was going to be possible for them to have children. We met with them, prayed with them, encouraged them, shared our story, and just, uh, you know, kind of patiently waited and watched with them for what God was going to do. And they really opened their hearts to us in that way too and were encouraged by what we said. And when their first son was born, I happened to be coming home at the time when they were coming home from the hospital and I went over, you know, and I just rejoiced with them and their good news. And uh, they said, Rick, would you, just, would you just pray for us and thank God for this little child that he's brought in our family? And we thank God for the answer to prayer that he was. They now have four children, and it's been fun to see how God has worked in their life. And we've had opportunities to talk about spiritual things along the way, and they both know Christ as their Savior and Lord. And it's just been a joy to see that relationship built because of reaching out, whether it's walking across the street or walking across a room. We never know how God may use that. There are opportunities each of us have, circles that we are in, where we can take that initiative to build a friendship. And in time, God will open doors for us to be able to share the gospel. What I'm saying by all of this is that we don't need to share the gospel the first time. It's not like we need to bring, you know, uh, share everything the first time we meet someone. 
basically it's just establishing a friendship and being available for God to use us at the right time. And if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, there are going to be opportunities to talk about spiritual things as life happens and as things come up in a person's relationship with God. That's what makes this an adventure. It's really not all in our control, is it? We're just waiting for God to work and to use us, and we're just being available. And you'll catch that flavor as you go through this series and talk about it in your uh, ABFs this morning too. You're going to hear some stories just like that through what Bill has written. In Matthew 5.13, Jesus said this. He said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the salt of the earth. For salt to be effective, it needs two things. One, it needs potency. It's got to be authentic. In a spiritual sense, there has to be a genuine spiritual life in us if we are going to impact or affect other people. We've got to know Christ ourselves and be growing in that relationship with Him so that we have something to share with others. And secondly, there needs to be proximity. When you think about salt, salt has to get onto the food to flavor it. It doesn't do any good in the salt shaker. And in the same way, spiritually, we need to be close enough to people to affect their life. We've got to be close enough that we are bumping uh, shoulders or we're uh, coming together with other people in life situations where there are opportunities to be a witness for Jesus Christ. It starts by listening to the Spirit's leading to walk across the room and see what God will do. And every single one of us can do that. So the third point is to just walk to take that first step in building a relationship with someone else. In Romans 5.8, the scripture says this, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ took the initiative. God sent His Son to die for us while we were still sinners. The Bible tells us we were enemies of the cross of Christ. He didn't wait for us to kind of clean up our act or to change our heart and attitude first. We were lost. We were separated from Him. God took the initiative to reach out and to send His Son so that we might come to know Him. I want you to think about your own faith story. How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Who was the person that reached out to you? It is probably because someone was willing to walk across the room in your life that you came to know Jesus Christ. For me, it was a student in fourth grade, Dean Peterson, who invited me to go to a summer Bible camp where I heard the gospel clearly presented and I asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior and Lord. He took the initiative to reach out as a friend and say, Hey, how would you like to go to this Bible camp this summer? It's something that students can do as well as adults. You know, to the students that are here, when you invite friends to youth group, or you invite friends to come to Awana, or to come to church on a Sunday with you, you are building relationships that God might use to introduce them 
to His Son. As adults, we can do the very same thing. Often it just begins by being that friend and being available to listen or when you hear of a need in a person's life, maybe you offer to pray for them and to take a genuine interest in their life and what's going on there. Those are the kind of simple steps that God might use to bring someone to Christ. But think about also what Jesus did for you and for me. In Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8, the Scripture says that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But He made Himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Now think about that. Jesus left the supreme circle of comfort, the Trinity, The fellowship he enjoyed, his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The worship of the angels, the glory of heaven, all that was his as the Son of God. And he laid that all aside. He set aside his privileged position and he walked across the universe to enter our world and become like us so that we might know him. He did it for our salvation but he also did it as an example for us to follow. You know, it's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to stay in that circle of friends that we have or the relationships that we enjoy. It's risky to step out in faith. We don't know what might happen. But what a joy it is to see God use us to lead someone else into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you two assignments today as we think about this and work on it in the weeks ahead. I want to go back and ask you that question again. Who was it that walked across the room for you? If it's possible, I'd encourage you to send them a thank you note or to give them a call or if it's someone even here in our congregation to just simply go to them and say thank you for what you did that made a difference in my life. If you can't do that, would you at the very least pray for them and thank God for them and their life? In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about that, how when we are involved and give of ourselves spiritually so that others might grow in their relationship with Him, it comes back in their prayers for you and in their giving thanks to God for you. Here's an opportunity for us to do that this week. But then secondly, I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings as you go about your work. And look for those opportunities that you may have to take the first step. You know, in town here, I uh, have been bringing my car for years to a certain uh, repair shop in town. And, you know, I've just built a friendship and talking to them. They know me, and I've gotten to know them a little bit, and we talk about different things. And one day when I was up there, you know, it was like the Spirit brought to mind an idea, and I thought, you know, how many times do these guys really get a thank you for what they do? And I don't know how much they are appreciated, or if more so they just get the complaints when things don't go right. So uh, the Holy Spirit put in my mind and said, well, why don't you just go buy some donuts and bring them some donuts. And I went, walked down to the donut shop, you know, and then I brought them over to those guys and I just said, hey, I just want to thank you for what you're doing and the work that you do in taking care of my car. 
And these guys that were there in the shop that day, it's like, you know, they just kind of were amazed. And they said, well, thank you, you know, for what you've done. And then over the time, I mean, they know I'm a pastor. They know where I work and all those kind of things. And again, God has used just that simple, small thing to open the doors for conversation about spiritual things. And just this last week, the, uh, one of the guys in the shop was asking me about, so are you ready for Sunday or how is it going? And when I think about all of these opportunities that we have coming up this year in our theater and art season or things that we have going on at the church, there are going to be a lot of different ways that we can invite people just like that who we've gotten to know to come and hear about Jesus Christ or to come and see what He can do in your life too. Would you look for those opportunities this week to take that initiative and together we're going to see what God will do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the work that you've done in our life, for the people you use to bring us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. For some, it may have been through their parents. For others, it was through a friend. But you used another individual to bring to us the good news about Jesus Christ, and you want us to do the same. Lord, help us to be sensitive this week to the Spirit's leading and take the initiative in the things that you ask of us. We want to do this for your honor and glory. Amen.